I thought we were going to watch Kirk die in that moment. Yeah, he should have done. I wish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 8408, 23.1, he thinks. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shortly from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she knows Klingon Kung Fu, it's Ambassador Danae. Hey. And he's just had his buffers purged, it's Commodore Dicer. Ooh. <laughs> Involuntarily, by Chapel. By Nurse Chapel. Why am I learning Kung Fu? Before we get into this week's episode, um, we have a new little mini segment that we're going to do at the beginning. Um, let's let's do some listener emails. Emails. We don't know what that just was, but that was a crime. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Apologies in advance for your ears. We haven't heard that bump yet. Um, okay. This comes from Jonathan Miller. Hello, Jonathan. Um, I've heard you talking about. So this is this is headed up Young Spock theory. I've heard you talking about Young Spock and some of the liberties they've been taking with him in Strange New Worlds. Stop me if you've considered this already. I can't. You're writing an email, but <laughs> Jonathan, stop. I've, I've considered this stop already. Right stop now. it. Stop. <laughs> I've already <laughs> considered this. Next email. I actually <laughs> didn't read the rest of the email. Just deleted it. Stopped. Moved on. Um, but I think it's more than just having fun with the character before he ages into his emotionless self. I recently caught The Cage on reruns, which is the pilot, pilot, pilot of uh, TOS with uh, Captain Pike, uh, and noticed even in the pilot, Leonard Nimoy's Spock was displaying emotions. He spots flowers on the planet that act as wind chimes, and he smiles at them. There is some laughing that comes from was Spock. Was it creepy? <laughs> oh, it's super, it's super creepy. Even back then... And this is the first time you're seeing Spock. It's still creepy compared to what we know now. I really need to watch our sins video for that episode again and see what we. Did, what no, we didn't seen. you do the man trap though? I don't think did we did we, the pilot. You said it was the pilot. Maybe you did the cage. I thought you did the man trap. I think we did the man trap, but yeah, no. So the pilot is the cage, which is this, and then the second pilot is the man trap. I'm confused. We did the one with with Kirk. Yeah, so that's okay. the second pilot. Got yeah, it. This was the Got unaired it. pilot. Got it. So I just watched it. It's a little bit, it's not this scene, um, I think, or is it this scene? He definitely scene? smiled. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so weird. That is weird. So weird. Also. Uh, <laughs> so much sleeve. Those, so much sleeve. That is a very blue, uh, not flower. <laughs> What yes. is that? That is a, that is like a uh, what is what is that thing you put over like baby cribs like a like a what are those called? Oh, uh, uh, mobile, mobile, a mobile. Yeah, that's mobile. that's a mobile. Yeah, mobile. Whatever. That's what that is. That that is that is somebody that was like we have a whole bunch of swimming caps we don't know what to do with. <laughs> I love how they knew this was going to be in color, and this is why they went yellow, red, blue, bright, bright colors for the uniform. Immediately covered them up. <laughs> yes. Jonathan yes. continues. I'm not sure when those events take place relative to Strange New Worlds, um, but I have reasons for thinking the cage has already happened in the Strange New World timeline. Um, bottom line, I think the writers are making a conscious, conscious decision to have this Spock stay in character compared to the pilot, and they're not having him explore his emotions just yet, just because they can. Um, there is some canon for his behavior. 
And yeah, I think I agree that that pilot does happen before Strange New Worlds. So, and I think we've mentioned that on the show that we think that he's this is a, a almost like adolescent Spock that's more in touch with his emotions and whatnot. That was really cool. Thank you for pointing that out because we watched the clip and I, that was really kind of fun to see. Look at that young Nimoy. Yeah, mm. it's interesting that they haven't quite got the eyes. The eyebrows mm. right yet. They're very, very harsh. They're predominant. They're mm. like Aaron's eyebrows. Oh, thank very you. Very much. Very thank dominant. You're welcome. I appreciate you're welcome. that. I'll, I'll take that. Also, I just want to say I totally believe that the writers would be keeping stuff like this in mind to try for to sure. stay as true to canon as possible. So. Yeah, for sure. And it's a great opportunity to do it as well. I know that's not your favorite Spock, Aaron, but does that... But canon stuff doesn't really bother you too much, does it? No. Have, have, I, have I mentioned the Spock stuff is like that i'm bothered by it canonically no just that you no. it's not your favorite thing no it, but the reason for that is not because uh, oh it doesn't make sense with star trek the reason for that is that character works its best in opposition to emotion and people like you know that character plays a role usually of what is the stripped down way to look at this thing as opposed to yeah. the human way to look at this thing so it's not a matter of uh, i don't like spock smiling or laughing because well spock would never do that that's not that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is i like that character better when it's in opposition to um the what every other character is doing which is leading yeah with we have emotions. plenty of emotional people yeah, yeah. on the ship yeah that makes sense um love this next email as well this is from matt hamilton uh, on Hi, this week <laughs> on this week's pod which would be two weeks ago you asked how someone who hadn't seen lower decks would like the crossover episode i don't quite fit that i saw two or three lower decks episodes before deciding it wasn't my thing however i thought this episode was really fun in all the ways that you mentioned it's a standalone episode where viewers should suspend their disbelief there were references i didn't get into reading about them afterwards um i've seen enough of the series to get most of the references though and they framed it well enough that you know they're funny even if you don't quite know why um and then a general note on the strange new world season i agree with the previous pods that the first few episodes of the season weren't ideal however i believe anderson mount's wife had a baby early in filming and they shifted things around in the schedule to accommodate him things might have felt more organic if he had been in those episodes so point I thought he was going to say if he hadn't had a child in the first place. <laughs> I mean, there is a good reason why we send kids. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Well, now wow, I know hard. my my first thing to do if I ever get a time machine is to go back and give Anson Mount a condom and, uh, and <laughs> make sure that this season of Strange New Worlds is better. Um, like, could you just wait? Could you just wait or do it sooner? Kidding. Very much kidding. Congratulations uh, to them. And I wish them the best on raising a child, which is not easy. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I wish them I wish, <laughs> I wish them all the energy and the new forms of love that they will need uh, to develop and persevere through. So yes. not easy. And yeah, Aaron has done it four times. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how Aaron's assuming that Anson Mount is listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so? Hey, six Hi, degrees Anson. of separation. There is logically there is somebody six people away from Anson that is listening to the show. Our audience loves you. We love you, and Aaron loves that you have children. I don't have not, an investment one we, way or we, another in whether somebody <laughs> has a child. I just am, I am trying to congratulate them and wish them the best as they pursue this this very uh, interesting, rewarding, and difficult journey. 
And I'm going to continue to make it as awkward as possible by continuing <laughs> to talk about it. Back to Matt's email. Oh, hi, Genuinely, Matt. Oh, hi, you, Matt. Thank you for emailing us because we did want to um, have input from somebody that hasn't watched Lower Decks that watched this episode. And it seems like he had a good time with it, got the references, um, which was kind of our instinct, wasn't it? Like, there's some references you're not going to get, but overall, this works even if you have no idea what Lower Decks is. We, the- it's wild to me because we live in an entertainment culture that really values references, callbacks, mm. running jokes, running ga- like inside jokes, all those kind of things. We do them in our job all the time, and we know that there will be a large portion of people who it may go over their head. What's The skill set that's involved is whether or not you draw attention to it in a way that the person who's left out feels left out, right? Yes, like that's exactly. that's what you're trying to avoid. And I never felt like during the Lower Decks episode that any of the references that only fans of Lower Decks might get were so like flashing lights on them that somebody who didn't mm. get them would feel left out. It would just go over their head. It's fine for stuff to go over people's head. Um, it's just you don't want them feeling like... Um, uncharted when they walk up to the beach and there's a guy on a chair and they're like hey guy on a chair that's not in this movie let's have a conversation and as a non-uncharted person hello nolan north how are you doing today yeah and as as somebody who has no idea who that is i'm going i think i'm supposed to know something here yeah you know like that's what you're trying to avoid Mm -hmm. and i think the episode avoided that pretty well so i think in hindsight you can actually side with the strange new world's crew because they don't get the references either right so at the very least you're with them on being left out of the joke because that yeah. shit hasn't happened yet yeah and it does make me feel kind of better that there's someone else out there that didn't enjoy the opening episodes of the show as well it's not just <laughs> the three of us well thank you for your emails guys and send more send some more emails um <laughs> let's get into the show this week we have episode nine subspace rhapsody um spoiler alert yes this is the musical Let's episode. Go! Before I've always we get into it, to do oh, a no. musical podcast. I'm not doing it. You can <laughs> feel free. Feel free. Aaron, I will just be talking. What about you? I think a musical is the way so to much. go when you podcast all the things you know. You can tell people it. what to watch and not watch. But if you do that, you better be careful because you'll sound judgmental. I hate I hate musicals so much. <laughs> and I hate though musicals so much so much but why they didn't steal his lunch so why does he hate them why does he groan who knows maybe he'll end up alone (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you were saying i was trying to match you this is just all off the rails no one's gonna believe that wasn't rehearsed (laughs) no they will they will Ambassador, give give us one specific prediction and one general prediction about the episode. You can't say singing. Specifically. <laughs> yes. You're not going to enjoy this episode. That's, <laughs> that's I my love prediction. That. I love that. <laughs> um, I think somebody is going to go for a high note and like it's going to be like a comedic thing where they like miss it somehow. Like they hiccup or something gets caught oh, in their nice. throat and it gets lower. Just something kind of like funny happens where someone goes to hit a note. Uh, and the voice and, just cracks. 
something goes wrong. Like they just like a food lodges in there and they have to clear it out. That's that's my oddly specific one. Okay, brilliant. We'll just, we'll just stick with oddly specific considering the big predictions <laughs> are kind of self-explanatory. Uh, Dyson, give us a oddly specific prediction. Oh, I don't get the general prediction? I was going to just say for the general prediction that mm-hmm. I think that we are probably dealing with a storybook uh, episode kind of thing again where uh, this is against their will, that they are in some sort of you know, um, musical virus or something that has mm. taken over the ship. Uh, All musicals are viruses. Specifically, I think that uh, Spock singing is going to be the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Uh, Captain? I think you're right. Yeah, it's got to be. Yes. Can we just auto-tune you singing with us? <laughs> I, if I bit? knew how to. Oh, you mean I just talk normally, but then you warble it? Yeah, if you know how to do that, <laughs> I'm okay. not the person to ask. Okay. Listeners at home, if anybody wants to re-edit this episode to yeah. make it sound like I'm singing, go for it. Um, Danae, actually, really yeah. quick, how do you think they end up singing? What oh. do you think causes them to be singing? Hmm. Drugs. Drugs. Moving on. Right, we'll see you over in 10 forwards, 3 to beam to the holodeck. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and way too many feelings. On the episode we just watched together, most important question first, what would you like from the replicator, Ambassador? I want the mango stack peach drink. Mmm, mm, okay, Dyson. Or maybe it was like a melon stack or something. That's what she was drinking at the end. Oh, whatever it was, I completely missed it. I must have zoned out. <laughs> I would like Julia Child's oh book, oh, Yon. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I had deep emotional <laughs> feelings about that that beef, uh, whatever it was. I want an album of Klingon dubstep, please. Uh, <laughs> Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Okay, everybody, I'm going to sing the entire thing. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> in today's episode we learn even more about why the previously ons tell you everything you need to know boy did you want more exploration of feelings this is the episode for you did you want it in slow paced yet sometimes fast music is this the episode for you did you want to know for sure whether carol and kid were a thing <laughs> they sure are <laughs> oh and klingons <laughs> And Klingons, yeah. Kling yeah, songs. The, the, <laughs> Kling songs, nice. The Yeah, the Enterprise um, intercepts a subspace anomaly of some sort. They try to analyze it to further their own communications technology, and they accidentally flood it with a musical number, and it makes the entire crew sing. How will they escape? Overall thoughts and feelings, Commodore Dicer, as if I need to ask. You do need to ask. I don't, I don't think I enjoyed this as much as you think I would. Um, I think okay. I think most of the music in this is pretty mediocre, um, and that that's that's tough because it's mm. doing it's doing the musical thing without being a good musical. Now that's not all the way straight through. Um, the bookends mm-hmm. are actually pretty good. The first number and the last number are decent, uh, but the rest of the music is ju- I mean it's on par with what Danae and I have done in this episode. It literally is just. <laughs> Like saying, wow, you're thanks. welcome. It literally is just sing saying <laughs> things, and 
Yeah. There is some talent that saves some of this. They know, like, they know who to go to. Ethan Peck is an incredible uh-huh. singer, uh, apparently. Um, and, uh, you know, her blew my mind. Um, she, mm-hmm. La'an. Uh, La'an. La'an can sing. So they, like, they hit the specific people that they knew could really pull it off. But yeah. that all well, Aunt has an album. <laughs> yes, but that but that also creates a level of sameness in the songs. Like it's clear they wanted a full musical songbook because there are ten songs in this episode. So they wanted to release an album. They wanted a songbook, and that's fine. The problem is when you have the same people doing a lot of the songs, and the songs aren't as creative as I'm used to in like great musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can become a little samey and a little boring. Um, Were you expecting Hamilton? No, 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 no. Uh, let me be clear. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not expecting Treckleton. Uh, you know, like it's. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> expecting that. But uh, but I think it bears mentioning that if you love musicals, you won't just love this episode because you love musicals. Now, there are things about the musical experience that this episode gets right that I really loved, and that is how mu- musicals play with emotion, how they impact emotion. I love that the big finale number really understands what the euphoria of a, a big closing number is about. It not only understands it in the performance, it understands it in the plot, which I think is really interesting as mm-hmm. well. So It's really clever. Yeah, so I, yeah. I really like that stuff. I, I did enjoy this episode, but I didn't love it as much as you might think. I was bored occasionally. Mm. Uh, ambassador. I saw you mm. noddling along. Similar feelings, or are you a bit bit warmer on it? Or colder? Uh, no, I had similar feelings um, to the the musical numbers. I felt like they were very simple and easy to sing. Possibly, I mean, just from a logistics standpoint, I'm wondering if you know there was some um, auto tuning and just kind of some fixing involved. And so, the slower, the easier um, on on those. Um, I I did like them. I did like some of the songs a lot and um i think laon's was my favorite because it felt the most emotional and kind of more fast-paced uh but yeah they're kind of just all monologuing about how they were feeling uh and unsurprisingly when we talk a lot about how we're feeling in shows i kind of (laughs) start to tune out just a little bit especially when it feels like it's stuff that we've already covered before um at this point yeah, no in ground. this series, it feels like like the on Kirk stuff. You know, I, I don't know. It just felt like a lot of time to be invested in this. And if I could go back and trade more melty Pike face in season one to get less of repeat emotion in season two, I might do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Weird I was worried that, that they were going to be for. too repeaty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or let's go to strange new worlds. Or let's do that. Let's yep. go to a strange new world and experience like actual science fiction that's interesting and like it's just ah, that's expensive, yeah. Aaron. It's it too is. Expensive. It is expensive. Come on, it's expensive. I didn't not enjoy it. I just felt like it was okay. It was okay. Uh, with a couple of okay. highlights for me um, and a couple of low notes for me, but surprisingly, there were no actual missed notes in it. Um, there were some things like mm. I think maybe my favorite part of the entire episode is the opening credit sequence that they sang because I thought yes. that was really clever. Yes, very good. It's incredible. Uh, before we get into that, um, that's strange. You strangely made me feel better because my 
I got about 30 minutes into the episode and I I I love this. I love that Star Trek did this. I really really enjoyed this episode. However, it's exactly everything I hate about musicals <laughs> at the same time. This is exactly why I don't get on with musicals and I'm sure you're going to argue I've only seen the bad ones then because I am so freaking bored and the songs are just like you said speak singing with not a lot of melody, not a lot of structure that my brain likes. I completely agree. Love Laan's song, that's the only one I'm really interested in. That's the only kind of love, self-reflecting song that I needed as much as I don't think we need the Laan Kirk stuff. That felt genuine. I got the emotion from it and I, I like the song. The middle portion that is Spock and um, Spock and Chapel's song it just felt like we had a huge, big opening number that was like, oh, damn, this is incredible. This is great. And then a big finale where I was like, this is incredible. This is great. And then a ton of songs in the middle that were all, that all felt for my lay brain musically the same, very similar, very tropey, mm-hmm. a, a missed, kind of a missed opportunity. But I do want to say very quickly in the same breath, I couldn't do this. This is, like, in terms of level of difficulty for pulling off an episode like this, well done. I do not want to discourage Agreed. going for big swings like Agreed. this. Because, my goodness, this was, this was original for Star Trek. I know, like, Buffy has done musical episodes. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have done musical episodes. But I want to applaud that they didn't bury this in Lower Decks, which would have been, like, a no-brainer to make Lower Decks a singing episode because you've mm-hmm. got the ridiculous format. To put this in your flagship and with this crew and just it's so, so impressive that they even attempted it that I'm willing to forgive quite a lot of the mediocrity and safeness of some of the music. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like to we're, we're talking about the, the, the talkiness of it. And now that I'm thinking about it, because again, we watch this and then we immediately record. I don't think mm-hmm. that I mind it too, too much because they are trying to solve something inside of their world and the emotion of it. Like, for example, Uhura at the very end, she starts singing about how she's got to figure out this plan. She's alone. She's got to find the pattern. And then all of a sudden she's talking about her dead family. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, what is this song about? And then it kind of like, oh, she's triggered by being alone and having to save people again. And so it's kind of like they're, they're sprinkling in backstory where I didn't feel we needed to have that again. But at the same time, who am I? To say that this character isn't really emotional about it in this moment. I just, maybe because of the way that the episodes have kind of been displayed for us, I forget that this character is struggling with it. Uh, that particular part of her story at this moment. That's only really come up one other time that I remember. Well, it feels very cool, Becky, because it was in episode three or four or one of them that we didn't like where they're talking about her as But then with like Chapel and Spock and Laon and Kirk, it's like, stop it. And even Pike and Maria really, to a certain yeah. degree. I'm just like, quit. I mean, why are we? Why is this so all of a sudden about love stories? What How What is going on? Relationship dramas? Do we need in one season? It's It's a bit crazy. Um, Aaron, you've got something exploding out of you. No, no, no. I have a bunch of things I I, I want to say, and thank you for noticing. Uh, the <laughs> it's dribbling out of your ears. Uh, I will just add to what you were just saying. My first note, again, is previously on Days of Our Trek. Like, it is week after week after week. The previously on is about the love stories. And I'm like, Mm. when did this become this show? Like, what? Like, what? You know, it's the most confusing thing to me. 
And I'm part of me wonders if it was setting up for this episode that they needed all the the relate. And I'd think no, I think they <laughs> plan on going forward with these. I listen. I don't blame them. It kind of works. The audience in general likes that kind of stuff. They want their characters to fall in love with each other and to, I mean, that's why fanfic is a thing, right? Like the, yeah. you want your favorite characters to have relationships. I get it. It's just not the show that I'm looking forward to, that I enjoy, the parts of it that that um, that I get excited about. Uh, what I was connecting to with what um, you were saying uh, about the swing is really important. Yeah. I don't want to come off of this episode being down on this episode. I want anybody listening to at least my voice to come away from this episode going, he liked that they did this. It wasn't perfect, but I am really glad they did this. I had fun with this. I smiled a lot. I laughed a lot. I, as mentioned by both of us, the bookends are really great. In fact, I mm -hmm. think Status Report is the best song in the episode the in my one. opinion. I agree. Yeah. The first one so was punchy. great. Yeah. So good. And and I really thought like I I'm making notes at the beginning like oh my goodness they did it like this is <laughs> yes. gonna be amazing and so that's to part open of with the Spock it was yes. the most ridiculous person yes. to be singing like yes. I'm so sorry I'm singing <sighs> yes oh it, and 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 again it ends well too but that's part of the disappointment of the middle is yes. I, like I re, like they really set us up for no 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 we went for it we we're gonna get this thing. My yeah, my expectations went through the roof. I I yeah. liked a couple of the songs that were in the middle for sure. Like I mentioned, Laon's song, but I, even though it felt slow, and maybe the other part of it that felt slow too is that there's not a lot of action. They're literally just talking to each other. So you're standing still. Mm -hmm. You're in quarters. You're in an office, just having a conversation. So there's not really a lot of mo momentum that you can kind of see and hear. But the the song between Laon and Number One, um was also really powerful. That was like her sharing her backstory of like what it means to open up. And I thought that was another, mm. yeah, keeping secrets. I really yeah. like that one too. The point I'm getting to is as much as I, I really enjoyed um, Keep Us Connected, the Uhura song, I thought was yeah. really good. Um, I I enjoyed uh, the chapel song, I'm Ready. But, in, but what I really wanted to get to, and the reason I really appreciate this big swing is they really did go for it. Even if, even if every song isn't perfect, that first song is great, close to perfect. Like if they'd all been that good, like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would be over the moon for this episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, there weren't like a lot of um, harmonies yeah. going on and like intricacies. Except, yeah, except in the the, yeah. the bookends. And, mm -hmm. and again, they're working with, you know, uh, a limited uh, amount of time. And, you know, this isn't a musical show usually. Uh, but they contracted um, uh, the band. What was the band's name? Um, they haven't been, uh, Letters to Cleo. I don't oh, know if yeah. you remember Letters to Cleo. Uh, there are a couple members of Letters to Cleo that wrote all the music in this episode and they haven't necessarily been doing stuff as a band for a while, but for, uh, for them to do this, I thought was, uh, was really cool. And they really put effort into th the theme of the songs. This is a beautiful thing about mm. musicals is a lot of times they will play with the same theme, but in different ways. And this is all about connections. If you look through these songs, every one of them in some way is dealing with how you're connected to somebody else, mm -hmm. how you're connected yes. to, and for the finale to be, we are one, like the idea of unity is the ultimate connection. And mm -hmm. like they, they put a lot of thought into this and I really do appreciate that. So if nothing else, hear me say, 
I am so happy they did this. Yeah, episode. me too. I think it's yeah. really cool that they do. Something I, like I this. agree with you, and I, I mean, I love singing. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I just maybe I wanted one that was a little bit more Hamilton, <laughs> like just a little more. <laughs> well, it's momentum. hard to live up to that stuff, but yeah, I yeah. think if we we have somewhere in the middle, we have something that's a bit more upbeat, a throwaway dance number where they're doing some like problem solving or something. This is so heavy. We've got. Uh, private conversation, which is Anderson Mountain and his girlfriend. Um, that one did end uh, pretty funny. Se- oh, okay, that's got a great anyway. It just cuts it just off cuts and he's off on his lines, knee. Like I'm yeah. gonna take care of this. <laughs> but the middle is these three different romantic arcs mm-hmm. that yes are about connection, but they aren't about the stuff I'm interested in. <laughs> right? Yes, so yes, much. exactly. Imagine I singing in the rain yeah. had five different relationships going on. <laughs> but you're right. They go. This isn't just like four songs. This is. This is ten, ten yeah, it was packed. songs, including the um including like the opening uh, a cappella version of the, the opening thing. In the in credits uh, They uh, packed this. Yeah, they packed this full of songs. They really went for it. I've gotta say, when we opened and we had um status report and then the opening medley, I had chills the entire time. Really? Like, Why are we singing? And then bam into an a cappella version of the Stranger World so theme. Good. I was like, they have gone whole hog on this. They, they, <laughs> mm-hmm. I could not be happier. And then I kind of felt more comfortable when we got into the other songs because I was like, oh, this is why I don't like musicals. <laughs> There's nothing. That is not like a, a fundamental like quarter life crisis that I'm having here. It's no, no, no. I still don't like this thing about musicals. Um, I I do want to bounce off of really quickly. Uh, Christina Chong's "How Would That Feel?" of the more lovey-dovey emotional songs, whatever. It wasn't really lovey-dovey, but that was the one I really liked. I that that gave really, me like a yeah. lot of Frozen. Um, is it Adina Menzel? Adina Menzel. Yeah, it was very dynamic vibes. It felt she like has that. a lot of and ability to like control her voice. Yeah, yeah, you can show that was like. Oh, it would have been a shame to not showcase Christina Chong as the singer of the crew. Yep. Um, and to give her a real centerpiece. And it was a great, great, it was a great track. I really, really liked it. Um, any other thoughts? Well, I, I'll jump off that and then I do have another thing I want to talk about. But um, I think the reason that one didn't connect with me is, and this is the thought I'll jump into. I think the Laon James Kirk storyline is my least favorite storyline of this season it annoys me every time it comes up and that's just going to happen sometimes um because there's this whole thing going on with that storyline that's like oh i can't say anything because we had this amazing connection in the 24 hours i I knew a different version (laughs) of this person and it's changed my life and everything Uh, about the core of who i am and it's just like trauma guys come on (laughs) so so that storyline is so annoying to me that anything that rotates around it my eyes just mm-hmm. they, they automatically roll i can't stop them like i'll put my fingers on my yeah. eyeballs and be like stop rolling it's okay there's she's, she's a beautiful voice she's Calm singing down. and i just i can't stop my eyes from rolling uh with that storyline it gets a teeny bit of grace from me because you because she's a con she, or whatever she literally exactly she literally has to go to a different space-time continuum to find somebody that doesn't recognize the name hitler that's that's what it comes down to and for me if that's going to inspire a quicker connection okay i can imagine that hitting you differently yeah she doesn't but need it, much you know she just needs someone to not know who she is <laughs> just not know who she is at all 
but in the same breath, I think I just cannot get past how personally irritated I am by how they've handled the Spock and Chapel stuff. I'm mm. actually fine with them being together, but the lack of nuance behind how they're handling it. Three months is not a big deal, people. This research fellowship is three months. They are acting like she has to move to a different space-time continuum <laughs> entirely and never speak about Spock again. In the same episode where you have Pike and Batel, uh, Batal, Batal, dealing with a long-distance relationship. I, I, we know it's possible. It can be done. Why are they acting like this three-month gap is impossible? So now it's my turn to give a little bit of grace uh, to the Spock and Chapel thing because, according at least to this episode, this is on Spock, right? Chapel is ready. Her so her whole song was, I'm ready. Like, I, I'm going to go do this thing. And her whole thing with, with Spock this whole time has been, like, I don't know what this is, but let's go for it. Like, it's never been, like, you know, the way you're describing it. But but for Spock, it has, which kind of mm. makes a little more sense because he's so Young. fresh to emotions and how this stuff mm -hmm. feels and, you know, going with something like this. So for him, three months, he, you know, he's an adolescent, right? In some ways, like he it does feel like the can world we, is can ending. Can we pause for a second, though? The line that she says is, I don't care if I have to leave you, I'm out. Like she yeah. literally well, says, and, and I she think ta he takes that as a breakup. I would, I would say that that I really enjoy blunt communication. If you're my friend in my life, you know I often say things without having hardly any filters at all. <laughs> and, and and my friends are uh. last Aaron and Ian, both having had many of experiences with me. You know, you're probably thinking of something specific. And then I go back. I go back. I'm about to burst into song describing Wait, one of them. Did you say something singular? Something specific. <laughs> so many things specific. So I really liked that line. Like, I don't care if it's going to hurt. I don't care if it means that we're not together. I'm going to go do what I want to do. But like, have like a little rollback on that. Like if you're, I probably have said something similar. And then, and then like, you know what? I do care. I actually do care. But it takes me a mm. second to get to like, no, 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 I really do care. I care how you feel, but I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. And even if it hurts you, I'm going to do it because it's important to me. And I think that's what Chapel is probably trying to say. But they're not having that conversation because Spock has, you know, he has hurt, but he, he's got his little butt hurt feelings, which he seemed mm. to take that as a breakup, didn't he? He said to her, yeah. it's pretty he, well, clear he that said she he's broke the up ex. with me. His entire song is I'm the ex. So I yes. mean, I've got to say, I love that wordplay. That is kind of kind of perfect the way for his Vulcan brain to interpret this. Like I'm the unknown in the in the equation that mm. worked. Yeah, that was good. Right? Even though I didn't really like the song, but I had the I had theme just I enjoyed. Made that exact wordplay joke last week about twitter being my ex because oh, they no. they changed the name to x or whatever <laughs> yeah uh so yeah so it's it was interesting you feel robbed yeah amazing um i want to give a shout out to the klingons i predict that this will be <laughs> the most unpopular part of the episode for the quote-unquote hardcore trek fans i'm gonna say i love you all very much Love what you love, but lighten up. And okay. it was so fun. That was with the, the choreograph with the bat lifts and the immediate like dubstep bridge. I loved it. I'm sorry. It's fine. We're, it's allowed. It was a subspace anomaly. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I agree. I totally agree no, with everything. I'm shocked. 
Klingons, I, I, they were just as shocked. I totally agree with everything you said except for one thing. Dubstep? You think that was, was dubstep? It dubstep? Whatever. It was, it was like, just like an auto-tuned rap. I don't remember yeah, like any... Yeah, like an extra... There was an extra like, couple of beats in that. I'm an old man now. It's fine. <laughs> You're showing your age. I could be wrong, too. I could be wrong, too. It could have been dubstep, but I, I don't... It had that that's not what I think of. Verse, heavy, like, kind of rapping... Yes. R&B beat-ish kind of thing to it. It was definitely auto-tuned, um, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was like a few pitches way, way higher than uh-huh. it should have been, yeah. which is obviously hilarious because it's Klingons. Um, I will represent a small vo- a voice on the internet, which is why wasn't it Klingon opera? Because the Klingons are famous for their opera. It would have been nice to see them belt out some right? random operatic That's where stuff. I'm at with this. And that wouldn't have pissed off as much as many people. I think you could have yeah. delivered an operatic bridge instead of the 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 club bridge. Yeah, my confusion about that scene specifically, um, I guess could be considered a sin or, or not. I don't really know, but it that's a that's a way of singing a song style, a musical style that I feel like we the viewers know, but would the Klingons mm. know that? Well, and how does the, that? Work? It was uploaded from the Federation database, so they're being forced to sing Federation music. Is what I'm going to bend it with. This would be, this would be a good time to mention that so much techno babble in this one was just like, "What the fuck ever you guys are saying oh. is what the fuck ever you guys are saying." Like, I don't know what's going on. I agree, but it all made sense to me. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it was all stuff I kind of heard in the Star Trek lingo before, but yeah, it's, it's it was pure a lot. Gibberish. It was a lot. It was a lot of explaining why the things were making sense, and I was like, you know that makes sense to you and that's so that's okay we're gonna we're gonna do the thing here <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna get through we're gonna it. get through it before we move on from the klingon stuff the lead klingon was bruce horrock <laughs> amazing that's just I incredible didn't know that. i didn't even know that Who's bruce horrock i just wait oh bruce horrock hammer Hemmer. yeah our friend bruce yeah, yeah our friend bruce, i was like wait i know show, that bruce name what the yeah. heck i saw his name pop up in the credits so i did a really quick google before we started and yeah, the Klingon with the eye patch was our oh friend Bruce. Oh my gosh. I think he even <laughs> said that, that? Pe- you know, many people play different things. You never know when you're going to pop up in Star Trek. Uh-huh. Oh, he, he does clever it. boy. Long may he reign. That's incredible. There was one... Yeah, there was a quick quick note I had about the end of the episode. It was just the joy in Ahura's eyes when mm. she's delivering the news of how we have to solve the problem was a really, really fun choice because she's not like mournful, regretful, just like, I'm so sorry, guys. We're going to have to sing a big finale number. She's like, guys, I know how to fix this. We have to do a big number at the end. <laughs> yeah. And she's just eating it. She up. was very was happy. So, such a great choice. Yeah, She was very, very happy. Uh, you, uh, Aaron kind of briefly mentioned it, but Spock's voice. Oh. He can sing, man. Yeah, Oof. he can sing. That that baritone was oh, great. Um, yeah, just melting Danae, completely melting the ambassador. Yeah, I liked that a whole bunch. I do love um, Mbengas, just like I don't sing. <laughs> I like that there were some little fun things in the lyrics that you can catch too. Uh, I definitely very quickly turned subs on, which is something mm. with musicals I find really, really beneficial. For sure, yeah. Um, because you catch a lot of things. With musicals, a lot of times you'll catch things the third or fourth time you listen to a song. But if you can watch with subtitles, then uh, then you can kind of see all the lyrics and stuff. But there was 
in the very uh, last one, one of the lines was, I confess I will miss the singing. Yeah. Except for Ethan Peck's character says, won't miss yes. the singing. I caught that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I won't miss the singing. Yeah. I thought that was great. Great. In the moment when uh, in that there was a line that was like, this is our prime directive. And then uh, Spock says, yes. well, not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff always uh, I really, really like with musicals. I think it's really, really clever that it wasn't the whole episode. Because most of the times I've seen this, they're locked into the format because a spell has been cast, something has happened, and now they have to shoehorn away to make everything singing. And then you don't even have songs. You just have sentences that connect your big songs. Jumping in and out and tying that into there being a trigger for this and then tying that into the solution as well was really, really smart. I love the- They could hear the music and they just sort of like all look up like- can you hear that? Yeah, it's like, where's oh, the music? Okay. Yeah, it's about to start, <laughs> yep, isn't yep. it? And Ahura just like bringing up her little scanner, just like, okay, yeah. I'm going to record this. <laughs> I just thought that was really smart to not make, to turn the bug into a feature and not, it's all ridiculous. It's all stupid. But Star Trek allows you to jump themes and genre hop because you just say a Heisenberg compensator and I'm in. Okay, you're all singing. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I loved how they executed it. Uh, one of the things I had written down, because I agree, I agree with what you're saying, um, is that the first officer today, for some reason, I noticed her hair and it felt very retro. And I continue to think mm -hmm. it's really neat to go like these kind of throwbacks to how hairstyles were when TNG, you know, and TOS, TOS, I mean, yeah, when TOS came back, um, yeah. you'll see like the higher ponytails and things like that and like the big mm -hmm. poofiness. So. I thought that was nice. I was like, oh, I like I like her yeah. hair. Yeah, I've thought that as well. I really, really like that. <clears throat> There's also something they do in this that I really love, which is that they go full Broadway with their delivery on these songs, which mm, super enunciated, enunciating everything, really playing. Anson Mount does this more than anybody else. And I think he may have even been kind of trying to go like Shatner a little bit with <laughs> how he was singing. <laughs> It's mm -hmm. like his his southern was showing the enterprise like they like the whole <laughs> vocal like embouchure changes uh, yeah. when you do Broadway style singing and uh, they really nailed that so I, I props on that mm -hmm. for sure I did love at the beginning like <laughs> Pike's literally just like well that happened I thought you guys rehearsed that and were pranking me <laughs> I was like that's great that would that would have been one way to explain it. Mm -hmm. um i did when they put the musical into the nebula and it just explodes i went see the nebula hates musicals too i'm not alone <laughs> nope it loves them it actually loves it really them. looked pretty too that like it almost looked oh, like distortion. Um, oh what is it in finding nemo when they get on those yeah what is it the called? uh the eac the eac Oh, the current. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. East, East Atlantic current, maybe? I feel, Is that what yeah. it I feel like at the beginning, I thought, oh, we're going to be like getting inside this thing and warping someplace and popping out onto a planet where they all sing. And so the only way that they can communicate is that they sing. And maybe maybe that would have been a greater episode. <laughs> but you know what? We didn't um, go to a strange new world today, and that's okay. We went to a strange place where Klingons perform. Strange new space. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Ian, question for you: Did yes. I? Did they just play like the original series theme at the end? What was that? Was yeah. that so that was when great? The final... Like the nostalgia and emotion of that after oh, that final, it was chills. perfect. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, was, I we really just loved end that. the episode. Uh -huh. I was like, end it there. That's fine. Yeah, 
yeah. so they literally just end that final number with the it's season two or one of them has the lady singing the other one doesn't mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, right yeah. and just like un- unlike unedited unaltered just in there and i was like you go you get it that's, yeah, where that's this what show i thought really i was I, I wanted to check with the expert but that's what my brain was thinking yeah no it was beautiful there was another and this is something i love that the show does it punctuates silences with those TOS bridge sounds. Now, you're Starship Blind Dicer. I don't know if you're also <laughs> nerd blind as well, nerd death. But when Pike is on his knees and then the transmission finally gets cut off by Laan, and it's just the boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop, boop, the, the surrounding bridge noises just punctuate how everyone is silent and all you can hear is the little consoles going off. And just the awkwardness that that delivered was beautiful. I was like, that's that's nice. That's, yeah. I wish I was in the room for I that. I also like the awkwardness at the end when Uhura just hums her earworm. Yeah, they all and they're all like, again. oh no. But just oh, no. getting every single uh, person to turn around a camera with a shocked look. And then they're all like stacked back to back was just pretty cool. And that's, that's a classic TNG TOS way to end as well. TOS would often end on a punchline or a joke and the bridge crew laughing and then freeze frame mm-hmm. everyone laughing and it's just kind of a nice updated way to do that i i, I just it. always think of uh the files of the police squad when that freeze frame ending thing <laughs> because yeah. danae i don't know if you know this show but it was like a naked gun you know show like a mockery of whatever shows so they would end on a freeze frame except for they're still filming and everybody's just frozen so they'll end with somebody <laughs> pouring somebody a cup of coffee and then the coffee will just start overflowing yes. or whatever but everybody's like frozen i had a couple other observations yeah go for it uh i i how did you guys feel about the island population that was it island population one no 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 it, the the moment when um number one it was singing to Laon, and then they killed the gravity. How did you feel about that? Oh, I, I actually had a question about that that I was mm. going to get in into Maybe in, the uh, sins? in sins okay. a little okay. bit. But but was it it was Spock that killed the gravity, right? I thought so. In a completely in a completely different area of the ship. I thought. I thought so too. I got yeah, confused and by then, that. And then number one fixes it on her pad. Yes. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. That's how that's how I remember it happening too. In. So yeah, I was, I was a gonna, little bit confused was, in that moment. Yeah, I was well. going to talk about that confusion in in the sins and see if you guys could help me figure that yeah, out. Yeah, but, but anyways, I thought that it was interesting because it's like, oh, this is so cinematic and like, it's mm-hmm. so over the top. Broadway. I thought it was a great idea. Yeah. I just didn't understand mm-hmm. how it yeah, worked. Yeah, me either. Um, yeah, so. I I think it was great. Why not do that if you can in space and choreograph something uh, like that with without gravity? I was going to mention this in the sins, but we'll just talk about it now. I wish they hadn't done it because I think they actually executed it really poorly because mm-hmm. the internal shots, yes, from camera angles and trickery, you get the impression that they're floating, but it is so clearly apparent they are not floating and it is given away the most by the external shot where you have some of the worst CGI fake body Laan number one that I have ever, ever seen it looked fucking creepy. I thought they were dead. I thought we were looking at zombies and their reanimated uncanny valley floating bodies because that's the only way they could quote unquote pull off an external a, a shot of them floating was to do it external and all CGI. So, so distracting, ripped me out of the moment. And then we go back inside and they're not dead, they're real humans, but I clearly know that they're standing because 
you couldn't pull off putting them on strings or whatever. Right. I get it. It's hard, but trick me in other ways. Don't use CGI when it is so distracting like that. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us how you yeah. really I feel. You oh, my to God. rewatch that. It man, it hurt. It hurt me bad. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to mention is that I love that there's now a scientific uh, reason and place for why musicals exist. So now every time I watch a musical, I'm like, oh, this is why this is oh, happening. get off. It's my biggest <laughs> sin of the show. It's my biggest sin of the episode. I almost wish they hadn't given us a reason. Let Danae, um, give, us, give us your final points before I explode. <laughs> I really liked the, the moment when Uhura, like, so Uhura is doing her solo but as she's figuring out the pattern and, and then the camera is kind of like zoomed on her face and she's got this sphere of calculations and I feel like that's the new mm. lady thinking calculation meme. Yes. Like if that doesn't <laughs> do replace the, the do yeah. the math meme, then I don't know what we're doing with memes anymore. It really should. Amazing. Well, final final thoughts are I really had a great time with it. I want them to do more wild stuff like this. Every season needs a bonkers episode like this. I think we need ships deliberately going to this anomaly to be exposed to it because it's so much fun. <coughs> For immunity. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is in the 60-year no, history of the show the first time that we've had a musical episode like this oh interesting i, I think it's incredible i think it's great everyone's been asking for it for a long 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 oh, time and i i really applaud how they did it i really enjoyed it my final thoughts include number one a question to you ian uh do you mm. want to talk about carol's pregnancy at all like yeah the, uh, that was, that, that's good i'm glad you brought that up yeah, I, I just want no, to hear absolutely. your like thoughts on the the canon of that the history of that uh it's, you know I could hear the internet kind of squelch and explode. It's actually fine because there's a level of ambiguity in the Wrath of Khan about whether Kirk actually knew about his son. Because the gut instinct oh, is, oh, he didn't know that he had a kid. Now, I can't, you you might not know this, Danae, but Kirk does have a son. And he dies. Uh, but we don't, exactly. We don't meet him until. The second Star Trek movie. When he dies. He actually, well, he, he dies in the third one. But there is... Kirk Kirk knows that Carol has a son called David and that Kirk has been asked to stay out of her life and his life. So it's kind of implied that he knows about it. The problem is he doesn't act like he knows he has a son throughout the entirety of TOS. There is... It, he's never mentioned... There's no. It's clearly made for the Wrath of Khan so Kirk does know that he has a son, and it's fine. It happens now, whatever. We could have gone without Carol Marcus being mentioned, but again, I think it's the showrunners preempting these, huh, how can Kirk have a relationship? When does Carol Marcus turn up? These questions are going to be asked, so I guess you have to address them, but it was okay. it was fine. Well, it was let's fine. just remind everybody, somebody else's pregnancy is none of your business, you know? <laughs> that too. Somebody else's <laughs> fictional pregnancy... Isn't isn't your business. This still doesn't fix how weird mm. it is that throughout the run I'm not of sure TOS. I agree. I'm not sure I agree. Uh I think if it's an entertainment and it's a storyline, I think it's purposefully <laughs> part of our business. No. But nah, uh, yeah. No. So did it stand out to you, Aaron? Yeah, no, I was I was vaguely aware of what we're referencing and kind of the work we're doing. I just it it locks in some things about James Tiberius Kirk that I I mm -hmm. don't know have necessarily been locked in. So I found it I found it interesting that the show was going, Oh yeah, he knew he knew Carol was pregnant. That wasn't, you know, that that I, I wanted to hear your your thoughts and they kinda echo what I what I figured. But I, I I wouldn't sin it now. I would go back and sin Wrath of Khan even harder because it's Wrath of Khan's fault 
that, mm-hmm. that she's Tia pregnant. West now feels <laughs> that Tia West. Well, yeah, Carol, Carol it really is. Had a relationship with Wrath of Khan. Yep. It's 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 that film that makes rewatching TOS odd because you know he has a son out there that he never mentions mm-hmm. and they never use as a plot device because they hadn't written it yet. So yeah. it's it's weird. It doesn't actually hurt Strange Worlds for me. Uh, and today I would also men, uh, mention that they mentioned uh, Louis Pasteur uh, in this episode, and Benga mentions Louis Pasteur, and so mm. I thought you would appreciate appreciate that as somebody who is currently in the science of developing um, um, medical. Um, bacteria. I mean, he's Thank not you. currently in it. He, he's <laughs> he's no. She he's is. done it. She is. As, sorry. She yeah. is. She is. She is. Yes. Danae oh, is somebody. Yeah, Danae yeah. 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 Danae I am, is currently. I am uh, pursuing a career in marine <laughs> biology slash pharmaceutics. Pharmaceuticals. Stay um, tuned for the outtakes <laughs> to find out exactly why. But until then, let's head over to engineering for some sinning. Battle stations, everyone. I said sinning, not singing. And yet you sung. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sing brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sing. sing. <laughs> Even our beloved Star Trek. What is going on? <laughs> Ambassador, you go first. Um, okay. I will go first. You watch me. Sin. Somebody Commodore, you go first. Somebody said <laughs> the last thing anyone wants is a singing Klingon. And you are wrong. Right? You are wrong. You are wrong. And that is the biggest you sin of this episode. That is all I wanted to see was a fucking Klingon opera. And why do I know about Klingon operas? I'm glad you're wondering this because my aunt told me about it many, many moons mm-hmm. ago. My aunt learned Klingon. My aunt was the woman who was a martial artist and she had her own bat lift kind of a situation. Like she was like, she loved Klingons. And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so when we used to watch Ooh, the show together, <laughs> I was like, cool. Look at him drinking blood and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... I wanted to see the fucking Klingons show us something incredible. And instead, they yeah. turned them into cartoons. And I'm really bummed about that. I mean, yes, it was, yeah, it was kind of funny, but it's like, it's funny if it was somebody doing like, um, what's the word? Like, um, like a parody? Yeah, like a parody show or something. It just felt. Lower Decks would have made more sense. Yeah, I, that was the most lower decks moment for the whole show, for sure. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, and maybe they were, were just like, you know what? Everybody's going to want an opera. Let's not give them what they want. Yeah. But I think that was the wrong call to make. I, I can see it. that. I can totally see that. I, like I said, I personally loved it, but I, I get it. It would have been a safer route to take. Uh, Dice, ah. A person can tell someone else is in love cliche. Um, oh, yeah. I can smell over it the, I, Like, it's just, it's just like. You have I an can, energy? You have an energy about you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. In, in that moment, I would like to just see the blatant transporter control disrespect <laughs> that is in this entire episode. Sir, you need to you need lessons, sir and madam, you need lessons from uh chief engineer Montgomery Scott and from chief transporter officer Miles Edward O'Brien. There is a very delicate way that you take those three nozzles, oh, be they, they touch they screen were, or physical thing. She was just like they slammed those it. nozzles. She rammed they it. They should hard. have fallen. You, you never off. slam someone's nozzles. You don't. Mm-hmm. You've got to do. Oh, you've got to do them delicately. This is a delicate procedure. You just yes. don't 
bam, energize. No, you don't. Yeah. You Oof, don't bam, energize. That hurt me. It was painful. It, it was scary. Unless that's specifically requested. Unless it's some transporter protocol, like when it's gas, fine, we just ram it. But she did it to a human. She did. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oof. I thought we were going to watch Kirk die in that moment. Yeah, he should have done. I wish. <laughs> wow. That Sorry. I don't like that he's I a wish. part of the show now. I like this is my next sin. My next sin is it is super annoying to me the absolute way they are finding excuses to force him onto yeah. this ship. It's so annoying. Like I back why was my note. <laughs> Yes, like it's he's he's part of the cast now and he works on a different ship. Like it's insane. It's, it's ridiculous. It's They may as well merge these crews. The Farragut and the Enterprise are together so often I don't understand why they need two ships. Yeah, yeah. it's it's so contrived. Like thank goodness he was on the ship so Lan could express some emotions. Like it's it's beyond contrived. And why why did we even have his brother there for one season J- just so that he, I mean, for the I name just, drop, I think it's to give this Kirk a reason to be here this four, season. I would be much, I would be much calmer about this. If this yeah. were season four and we'd had time with our actual Enterprise crew, and then Kirk was starting to appear in the picture, and then the next season was kind of a part of the cat, like that makes sense to me. Do you think that maybe they were bringing in Kirk, thinking that Mount might not come back? I said Mount really strangely there because it was. I don't know why that came out of my mouth that way, but because, you know, he was it's having a possible? child. And so maybe they're thinking we maybe. need to get Kirk I don't more think the involved. timing works right on that. I don't I, I don't think. No, because I had the, the plan planning. Epi- there's yeah. so much planning in that goes in, into this stuff. I don't I don't think so. I think he was in the one episode in season one and they were like, hmm, people didn't hate us for this. <laughs> let's milk that nostalgia. That's that's what I think. They oh, were. let's show young Kirk. Yeah, it's it's hard when we're not having enough time with our own people. It, it feels really that is. way. It feels like we don't have a lot of time with our own people. And that is kind of neat to say. I just, I love the characters from season one. Yeah. So much. I mean, there's a fine yeah. line between leave us wanting more and leave us. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we haven't had enough of them at all. I just feel like um, there's a way to show character development without spending an episode on character v- development. And this this season has correct. really spent a lot of time digging into individual characters in a way that I just I don't think I expected it. I, I thought I thought it would be a little different. But that's okay. I mean, the thing that Star is. Trek is great at badly. Star Trek is great at analogies and um allegories and this is just hitting us over the head with that mm-hmm. stuff instead of finding an interesting way to explore it. Uh, I don't know if we actually got a sin from you, Ambassador. I think we skipped around you and got to Kirk, like the show keeps doing. <laughs> um, uh, There was a moment when Spock says uh, to Chapel, like, did you not tell me about getting this fellowship because you were avoiding me? And then she avoids answering that question by singing an entire song about her freedom to do what she wants to do, which wasn't his question at all. And I I just felt like it was one of those examples of I I don't I didn't mind the song. I didn't I don't mind Chapel's strength and like her confidence in herself. And I don't know if there was any Spock Chapel development in the last episode since I still haven't seen that one yet. Um, There was a there was something on the previously ons, I think, that was not I hadn't seen yet. Like they had some kind of Chapel is. Chapel is like specifically triggered by this Klingon diplomat 
and he attempts to change the subject to kind of come in and save the day but the long and short of it is that everything he does kind of makes her more upset so he says i'm just going to stop talking to you because i keep making you more upset and then walks off and that's kind of that's the conflict they have in the episode i see he leaves her um so i just found that kind of interesting that like He's just like, I just want an update. Like, are you avoiding me? Are you not avoiding me? And I don't understand why he lacks attack to do that in private. I don't know if that's something that's just like he's used to having. To him, it's not offensive, right? To him, it's not an offense to talk about these this yeah. thing because it's it's just a logical thing to ask that question. But uh, mm-hmm. I just found it interesting that the the response was her avoiding the question entirely. <laughs> Yeah, no. You didn't even sing the the answer to that one. No, you went straight into your big number. There was actually some something else that I thought I was I was I thought I was reading a different sin, but I'll get to that one when it's my turn again. Cool, Dysa. O'Hara at one point says, "Oh, I don't look at personal correspondences." Dot dot dot. Could you? Like, is that (laughs) possible? You can. They're both acting like that's completely possible. (laughs) That she just has access to everybody's personal email. Oh, I choose not to do that. But of course, all of us could just look at everybody else's emails. Like, am I wrong here? What happened there? I think it's because all the the communication was on her console that day. That's what, but how? I'm saying that should not be possible. Well, because their communication shut down so went to old school. Like, the beginning of the episode was all about how it was like, we can't. All the normal ways of communication are down, so I'm the one that has to route them. So she became router central, and so but she still shouldn't be able to open them. Oh, right? She I should see be able to saying. route them without I getting into the mail. She yeah. still, no matter what, says I don't look at personal correspondence. That implies yeah. that she could, yes. and that it's not, something I'm that she's allowed. decided not to do. It's against protocol, superior officer that should know it's against <laughs> protocol. And I think they're trying to pitch it as. Uh, Spock said it despite himself like it just kind of came out because then he's like mm-hmm. yeah no that would be unethical wouldn't it but it's yeah it's, yeah, it's all why kinds is of that line That's- why is that line like why <laughs> yeah, even point exactly. that out anyway um, on that moment in like the, the fact that communication systems are getting fucked with and Uhura is a glorified switchboard operator now everyone is a dick to Uhura at that point it is emergency communications only I had the business, same business, fucking business. thought not Does she Captain not Pike, have hey, help? when is my girlfriend coming? And why, yeah, exactly. Why is, why is she the only, only person one for this? an entire far- starship? That's stupid. Like, I'm amazed that they didn't take out her console and actually replace it with a switchboard where she has to do all of, like, the different plugs into the different holes. I can holes. tell you why. I can tell you why. Why? Because that's the theme of the musical, ladies and gentlemen. Uhura is the one who connects them all. She is the one that brings them all yes. together. It is a metaphorical, symbolical, that's not a word, uh, way <laughs> to get the the point of the musical in place. Yeah. So that I is the reason it. that dumb. does not absolve the sin. It's <laughs> no, dumb. Exactly. It's yeah. dumb. It's, um, everyone's a dick to Uhura in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ambassador. Um... The other chapel sin that I thought that I was sending first, but skipped ahead. Uh, the other sin that I have is also about chapel, which is when she acts like she's nervous about being rejected, but I thought she was already over that. You know, they had the whole episode where she um, was like, I don't need your fellowship uh, anymore. I am happy on the starship because look, my work does something and I got to interact with this amazing technology and do mm, this thing. And I don't need to be reaffirmed by any outside source. Yeah, and then they've turned her back into this person that has to have these sort of fellowships. 
And maybe it's because her character needs to escape the drama of Spock because she wants to get out because she can't face the fact that she's not a part of his future like she wanted to be and it's confusing and I get that. But like they built that part into her story. They kind of built this like, I don't need a fellowship. Mm. I'm doing my own thing. So I just wish it was a like, I don't know. It was a little bit jarring. Is is it a little bit different though? Is the emotion now not like I need this, but I'm happy about this? Like those can be two different things. Well, and her song she would have... say that too. Her song would be like, right. I'm remembering what drives me. Yeah, this is like there's a joy to what she's experiencing right now, not a like uh I I will be lost without this that she was earlier. Like she she healed that. from that okay. and now she's just excited. Because she to, wants to, to do another do fellowship. Not yeah. not because she needs to, but because she wants to. Wants to. Yeah. yeah. Because okay. the reason that Vulcan rejected her was really arbitrary. Fine. So, Fine. You know I what? Then my sin is chance. that I don't have those fucking gray boots. That's my sin. <laughs> Boots, great boots. God, yeah, no, they the, are incredible they're boots. Everywhere in this one, when there's when those people are dancing in the hallway, oh, and no. you know what? You know what? Their feet aren't making a sound on the set. You know why? Because of their boots. They're amazing, soft rubber boots. Ugh. I heard. Mm-hmm. I heard they actually had difficulty with with the dance numbers because they boots. are so chonky boots. No, because those boots were made for walking. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. There we go. I knew it was coming because <laughs> oh, there's no way Aaron actually researched this. I know these jokes are coming because he hasn't read up on this. That it was going to be a tumble or a fall because they have such you a wide sole right into it, and Danae. or that they were leaving skid marks on the nice white floors because they're black. Uh-huh. Possible. Possible. I would be worried about that. You've known this man much longer I know, than I have. I know. And you I'm got sorry set to fail you, everybody. One. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dear. On that note, um, what's interesting is that I keep like trying to get to my big, big sin, but what you guys keep saying is so relevant that I keep going to different <laughs> sins instead. Hmm? How does rhyming and choreography get explained away? I get it. The anomaly is making you sing, but how does that explain the choreography? Or is it just that's part of musicals? I think maybe... I, I don't know that there's much difference between making people sing and making them rhyme. I mean, you're, you're controlling in both instances what they're doing, like how they're yeah. expressing themselves. What about the dancing, the choreography? Like Same, how- right? You have a control over how they are expressing emotion. But they're interacting so, with each other. Like there's correct. a moment when uh, Ortegas looks over to Mitchell and they're both pressing the buttons yes. at the same time. Correct. How? Yeah, in, how? In, in, in how? Think- and they're, and they're kind of surprised by that too, right? Like you yes. can kind of read on their faces that they're like, wow, this oh, isn't, this is we're dancing with our controls right now. Yeah. How is that happening? Well, how is the, how is any of it happening? I think I'm just saying it all My goes next in, sin. Well, that how? it all goes in the same bowl. I don't think it's different than the singing. I don't think the dancing okay. is different than the singing. Right. The rules of musicals, and I'm sorry I've skipped you, Aaron. The rules of <laughs> no, musicals. How is there a universe that is based on the rules of musicals that are based on rules of musicals made in our universe? I get mm. infinite possibilities, infinite combinations, but we... Anybody living space. Sorry. Anybody living space. We made the rules of musicals. Unless they're saying that the rules of musicals are a universal constant. Yes, that's the you yes. think they are? <laughs> My goodness. That's what I think, they're saying. I think the god of musicals wrote the ten musical commandments and they're just a part of the core of creation. Just um, woven into the fabric of everything. <laughs> it is... No, you're absolutely right. It, it is. That's a big leap. That is a big big leap mm-hmm. that they are now sure. intersecting with a universe that is exclusively musical based 
and we created musicals. Like it that could also be because broke my we, brain a bit. But it could also be because we started the process, right? Like Uhura said, no, we didn't start our, the fire. No, we didn't fight <laughs> it, it, but it was, we tried to fight it. Uh, it Uhura sent uh, a song from our universe that it pinged, mm. right? So like it could be like if the Klingons had done that, maybe it would have been an opera. You know, or or something. Else. But Spock just say that conceivably that there is a universe out there that is based on the laws of musicals. Mm-hmm. Right. I just it's it's so it's so weird. And and the finale is is based on the finale. Like we can only get out of this if we complete no, 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 the program. It's not just based on music. It's based on Broadway musicals. It is a Broadway yeah, specifically, mu- yes. specifically mm-hmm. United States of America, you know, yes. Broadway, New what York City. What was the song mu- she put in? What was the song she put in because here's the the thing like that- it was from it was from the old, uh the song but it was a classic um, But like if, if if that's not a musical, that was my other question that I had that was another right. sin is if the first one wasn't a musical itself, then why and it wasn't? I don't believe. Then why does everything else need to need to be a specific kind of musical? Well, this is what I mean: is that they've tapped into a universe that already exists and it is and is affecting them, oh. and that's what I can't get my head around: is how does this universe exist? So they didn't create it; it already existed. It already existed, and the music that they put into it triggered it, yes, but didn't create it. Oh, and I think it would have been easier okay. if they'd have made it so that they created mm. it. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been. Anyway. I, I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's just it's straight. This very specific set of rules that confusing. isn't just specific to our universe, galaxy, solar system, planet. It is a city and period of time on said planet, as Aaron said. <laughs> yeah, yes. I had to turn off all of figuring that out. But anyway, it's fair. That's fair. The the one thing I did like the bit of techno babble I did like was. Spock saying you got to tie the Heisenberg compensators into engineering into the deflector dish. I'm like, yeah, the Heisenberg compensators that makes sense because yeah, of course, it's very Hitchhiker's Guide. Sorry, I apologize. Nerd! Because that they they need the Heisenberg compensators with the transporters uh-huh. because you Everybody have this you have this anomaly where you're in two places at once because half of you is in the planet, half of you is like being taken apart and put elsewhere and. Basically, the Heisenberg compensator prevents the cloning thing where it stops that thing of you're not a clone of yourself, you are the you that left. And it's just the umbrella that they put in there to explain why transporters don't murder you and remake you. They do move you. I I had uh, the thought that the whole uh, thing is very similar mm-hmm. uh, to the improbability drive in Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, oh, like very that there's much. a yeah. lot of the same kind of ideas there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's very very similar. Um, Bass Dicer. Who knows? Who's got any more sins? <laughs> I've completely screwed the order. And I think I've got Bastizer. one. Well, the only the only thing I have left to talk about, we kind of touched on, but I did want to go a little bit deeper on. The impact of this phenomenon, not only like on the people who are experiencing it that we're seeing, but on the entire ship during their song, whether they can hear it or not. And that has to do with Spock disengaging the gravity. Like, did all of a sudden Spock right. was, like just feel like he had to disengage <laughs> the gravity? Like, you know, I like, mean, was why that... not? It explains the no, choreography, no, no. doesn't it? Sure, sure. It, Yes, it's all explainable. It was just when it starts to get to those places, I wonder if it gets a little bit um a little bit weirder and a little bit more zombified and so mm-hmm. you just you kind of have to think cuz it appears that outside of their songs, 
they're free to just have conversations and you know do whatever and then when an emotional moment arises well spock's not in an emotional moment when he disengages the gravity so is no so how is the ship taking or how is the effect taking control of him or i don't know i mm-hmm. I, I think a, a little bit further exploration no, of the science behind it would be interesting I think it would, or at least just obey some of the rules that you've already put in place. <laughs> sure, it's always a good sure. one. What are rules? Ambassador. Mm, I don't think I have exactly. much more on this one. I, uh, You know, she she cracks her own neck at the beginning. Can I just... <laughs> Stop it. Just as, just, just as a reminder, we, we really shouldn't pop our no. own necks in general. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had one, one big Makes stinking sense. one that just had me screaming screaming at the screen and it was when pike is having his conversation with um captain Battelle. somebody cut that off please it shouldn't have taken like laan coming across the bridge to turn it off for the love of your captain if you respect him at all uhura cut this shit off turn it uhura turn was it, in t- it she wanted it, to see the drama Ooh, ooh, this is a conflict how could she turn it off if everybody's under the control when the songs are going on? If the entity wants yeah. them to be singing this, how could she cut right? it off anyway? There isn't if an Spock entity. If can be controlled mm-hmm. by the entity to keep it going, then yeah, some, there isn't like, an entity. There isn't an, there isn't entity, an entity that entity. controls well, them. Whatever. You There's know what universe. I'm saying. Right, right. You know yeah. what I'm saying, though. You know the rules, the phenomenon. Either, yeah. Either it has to carry on, or. Laan or anybody should have been able to cut it off. Like even right, there's a contra- it, there's a little bit of a contradiction there. Yeah. yeah. Why could Laan suddenly break out unless mm-hmm. it was all part of the show and the song was meant to end at that point? That's, and that's why no, Laan comes over and no, cuts it fair. off. No, that's fair. Because there's entertainment there. It it's funny to end it there. Yeah. That's what they get the phenomenon. Even if there was an yeah. entity, they didn't even yeah. want to see that. You know. Exactly. Cool. Um, that's it i think I w- we're not going to do a was it in the trailer because there was only one thing in the trailer and it was the enterprise spinning around with the three klingon ships spinning oh, around it funny. as well when they do the final thing and yeah. then that's one of the most beautiful i that mean Aaron, really you probably pretty. didn't see it that was probably just i'm a black literally screen sitting here going what are they talking no about idea. Why during the final it? number Why they're being chased by because he's shit blind oh he's <laughs> shit blind or ship blind ship <laughs> blind ship he blind. is shit blind Behind me is just a bunch of empty shelves. He can't. He can't see anything. No, it's it's fifteen of the same ship. I don't yeah, understand. <laughs> he just saw the Enterprise being flanked by three other Enterprises just spinning around. Yeah, it was at the so final, the finale. Yeah, yeah, it was really pretty. And it's cool. in the I'll trailer. Have to go back and watch that. <laughs> but Fine. will you? You want to appreciate it? <laughs> um, we also should talk about our predictions, right? Oh man, thank you. I always forget that. Not um, always. So Danae, not always. You're sp- not always. Your specific predict, your big prediction was drugs. It wasn't, sadly. <laughs> they're all some massive hallucinogens. That that's usually the go-to. Yeah. To explain away these yeah. kind of, it never really happened. It was all a dream, something like that. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah. Your oddly specific one, Ian will not enjoy it. Um, and I did. No, I did, no, actually. no. My oddly specific was that somebody was going to flub their their note. Did anyone flub a high note? Nope. No, 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 no funny shenanigans no? happened. No, so. unfortunately didn't commodore um you thought it'd be dealing with a story back story book like the elysium episode yeah, um yeah. last last which i don't think year. is correct because mm-hmm. in that one they didn't virus. really know what was going on and this one they no. knew what was yeah. going on that's a big difference yeah everyone remembers yeah. this yep. uh your specific one spock singing will be hilarious it was not i mean it was hilarious the opening was yeah but it was also really great it was great it was amazing um, which was hilarious. 
Um, yeah, that opening track is so so good. Yeah. Um, okay, everybody, uh, podcast listeners, you won't have seen any difference. But um, those of you that join us for the live show, we will be back next week live on Twitch uh, and YouTube's ESPN channel. It's actually going to be this week as you're listening to the show. So this episode comes out on Wednesday. We will be live this Friday to do the Strange New Worlds finale, episode 10. Um, yeah, join us on the Cinema Sins live Twitch channel and the CSPN YouTube live channel. Until then, I am Captain Ian and shit. I had it right in front of me and then I had to scroll back. And shit, which you can't see. Nope. And my emotions constitute a security risk. It's Gilbert and Sullivan. <laughs> From me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with those crew members. And it's, I highly doubt I'll be a bunny from me. <laughs> and live long and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. This is the part of the show where Aaron sticks the biggest bite of a burger in his mouth that he possibly can. He's going to correct me and say that it's actually a sandwich because I think it's a chicken sandwich. It is a chicken sandwich. Right. Before we get into the show, um, let's do a couple of emails. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually not going to do it in the outtakes. I'm going to do it in the show and that's going to be the bumper for it. That's why I did it. Oh, it was the deepest noise. It was sounded like like a foghorn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now that you've got one and you've done one, I'll do one as well. Emails. I guess we're <laughs> gonna mash them together yeah. as like one like overlaid. Oh boy, the harmonies on that are gonna be stellar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ambassador, you were not with us last week. Um, Dysa, give us a quick synopsis of what she missed from last week's episode because we think she would have loved it she would have loved last week's episode <laughs> love the pants off it ian i'm not playing this game with you Danae, <laughs> don't watch last week's episode um what you, you give me like a key word ian and i and i'll remember Klingon what was, Kung uh, Fu. Klingons diplomacy war crimes yeah right there were <laughs> he still doesn't know <laughs> there were there were there we were recorded that four days ago aaron <laughs> So there was a Klingon. Oh, okay, okay. I'm starting to remember. I'm starting to remember. Yeah, I had to like dig it out of those parts of my brain where it mm -hmm. like, you know, lingers. So there was a guy that was a war criminal. He's a Klingon that absolutely did horrendous things. And he's welcome on board of you know, the ship as now an ambassador of peace, right? Like, or... He's, you know, for Klingons, you know, being peaceful or whatever. Well, Mbanga and Chapel both were actually in the war battle that this guy is most known for as the butcher of um, Jagar. Jagar. The butcher of Jafar, um, which I thought was Aladdin, but what do I know? It all comes down to the fact that actually Mbanga was apparently the butcher of Jafar and murders this guy in cold blood at the end of the episode, as far as we know. In sickbay, um, it's implied. It's it's yes, and and we talked. Hold on, hold on. Mbenga was the butcher. 
Yes, he was. He was apparently he killed all these people in this battle, and then you know. They so one of the crimes that the Klingon was accused I'm sorry. of was hold on, wait, just wait, one. Yeah. Wait, no, no, yeah. no, no. Can you just real quickly explain to me why I wouldn't like this episode? Because this sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We've described it in a way that's far more entertaining. Whoa, Mbenga's a murderer. <laughs> well, we talked about it for a while. Kind of. Yeah, we, the show the show is going to reverse this somehow. There yeah, there are somehow. weird things in the editing it does at the end that it's just... okay. So then this episode is going to be the reversal of the previous episode. <laughs> no, well I, no. I highly doubt it, but nope, yeah. doesn't sound but like it. Maybe next season or what I said. My my guess was that the finale, uh, uh, the very end of the finale, and Benga would be taken off to court, so we can do another courtroom episode uh, <laughs> to start off next to season. Start next season. <laughs> He's not a murderer. He didn't murder him. He just stabbed as him and then fixed him? As far as we know, him? he did right now. As yeah, far as we know, he true. did. Like, what did he true. do? Like, launch the body out? No. So, he basically... He, he literally he literally kept the knife he used to murder all those people during the war that this so, person had been no, blamed on doing. Right. He went to get the knife no. and then stabbed him three times. The guy didn't do anything wrong. to him. Holy shit crackers. And then what did he do with the body? I don't know if anyone is interested in the truth. I don't want you to watch the episode, Danae, because I don't think you would have liked it, but I do like the debate. I do like talking about how insane it is, the, how they edited that show together. It's such a weird conversation. I like the episode that exists in my mind after hearing all of that. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> well, it's better than, yeah. I, I think it's better than what we watched, for sure. Because as the Klingon is being murdered to death with, by Mbenga, <laughs> A Klingon opera is playing in the background. And <laughs> nice. That's all that matters. Nice. I'm sorry you didn't have a good time. It's okay. I mean, that happens. Were there Klingons doing karate? There was yes, one Klingon. There was one yeah. Klingon. Okay. Well, we're still, I'm still kind of confused why I wouldn't like it because that sounds awesome, <laughs> also. So, best ever challenge this week on the website is boat movies. So, this is movies that feature. Uh, Boats above sharks. The they water. feature sharks. Just say it. <laughs> no, I came in at the perfect moment. And somebody wants to do Moana, and so there's a fight right now as to whether or not Moana is a boat movie. It's not. It's, it's not absolutely a boat. a boat movie. Oh, I love what? it. We've got both sides here. Absolutely not. Absolutely is. Let's it's go. It's absolutely not. a boat movie. It's not absolutely, a boat it's a boat. Yes, it is. A hundred percent. What's that question? Those, What's wrong is... with you? <laughs> Uh, Danae, you begin. You begin. What makes Moana a boat movie? The entire premise of this movie is that the people are boat people, mm -hmm. true and true. And she's discovering the love of the boat and how to use the boat and how to navigate on the boat uh -huh. to save her people. Right. And so she, I think it's a boat movie. And she's on and she's on a boat for how much of the movie? I don't fucking care. Oh no, I it's was genuinely I wasn't trying to make a point. I'm I'm yes, I'm the neutral are. moderator here. <laughs> Believe oh, are me. You? Believe me. I don't know. Me. I feel like I'm being set up. <laughs> So she leaves her island and then she has to boat. Well, she has to learn how to use the boat. Mm -hmm. Then she finds her way to um, the trickster character who teaches her how to be on a boat. They're on the water for quite a long time mm -hmm. um, trying to find where the thing is that they're looking for. Then she, ha you know, she saves her village and they all get on the boats at the end and they sail, become sailing people. So I think that, I think that if we were to spend the entire movie on the boat, it would have been a long time, but yeah. they cleverly don't make us stay on an ocean with 
two characters, chicken and a pig the entire right, time. Right, right. Uh, Ian, rebuttal. To be completely honest, I haven't seen this movie all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, in the in and those the bits background. and pieces don't involve boats. Therefore, and none of those bits and pieces are on a boat. Movie. <laughs> well, today, guess think- who wins the debate? <laughs> I don't even know how you enter a debate considering you haven't seen what you're debating you about. You have no idea the level of my arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the arguments. It This is against. It does have a boat sequence, but not enough of the runtime. Uh, yes, I agree. They go different places using boats, but the bulk of the story and the purpose of the boats is to get to different places on land. Here's the rebuttal. I don't often push back, but I believe you guys may not have watched it that much to make a claim like that. The bulk of the movie is on a boat. The first 15 minutes is on land, and the Tamatoa sequence is an underwater world. Otherwise, the first obstacle is against the giant Mad Max boat. The final act takes place entirely at sea. The emotional core of the movie is on the boat in Moana learning to be a wayfinder slash sailor. And the crux of the movie is about how her people lived on boats traveling from island to island to set up colonies but remain ocean dwellers. They may end up on a few land masses, but those aren't the bulk of the movie. So that sounds very similar to what Tanae was saying. That's a convincing, it's a convincing argument. I I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, 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 <laughs> no, it's, I'm excited to hear you continue to argue the opposite of something you haven't even experienced. It's a super semantic thing, but I just, I, the, it doesn't, yeah, I, I guess I can't argue this point at all. I you can't. Feel like a you movie. literally cannot. I have seen the movie and my instinctual response was, no, Moana's not a boat movie. But the more I think about it and the more I listen to people talk about it, I'm like, no, actually, Moana is a boat movie. It is definitely about boats. Aaron, you're so weak. How dare you have a point of view, <laughs> listen to facts and then change your mind? It's true. It's one of my in. biggest weaknesses. <laughs> you got to dig in no matter what. I love how I agreed with you. Like I changed my <laughs> mind and was like, yep, that's my weakness. <laughs> Hey, Ian. Hey, Danae. I need to tell you something. I need to confess something. Okay, go for it. My fish tank has an alive thing in it again. Did you buy another fish? If only. It's bacteria, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Oh, oh, because you haven't emptied the water yet, Danae. You have had stagnant water in your room for over a month. Evolution is happening. I know, and now I'm thinking... Not only can I not bury a frozen fish, but can I stop the science? Yes, you I, can. I don't think I can. You can, because that is the place where you sleep. <laughs> Karen, I live 5,000 miles away. Aaron Dicer, mm-hmm. you live less than five miles away. And yeah, you haven't definitely. dealt with this yet. Uh, it's not my responsibility. Is it, your is friend's my responsi- not, your my, friend's my not adult, dying, is? My adult friend can make yep. her own choices and mm-hmm. uh, about her health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I can give okay. advice. Mm-hmm. I have certainly given advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At what point is there an yeah. intervention? I I don't know. Interventions are weird, man. Like I don't know. I don't know that they always work. I'm just Sometimes surprised you haven't asked like what the living thing looks like because it is I need to it, know. <laughs> it started off as a nice little film on the top. Mhm. Mhm. And then one day there was a breeze of some kind and it disrupted the pattern and it sort of folded in upon itself like an accordion and some sank under the water ever so slightly, but some still clung to the top. And that which went under the water 
has begun to take form in a new form. <laughs> science. It is science. science. It is science. For all you know, she's developed penicillin. You know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Is Iris fascinated by the, the moss and mold that's growing inside the tank? Iris is six. She's only absorbed in her own body and what is an immediate, like, four mm-hmm. inches around mm-hmm. her at any given yeah. time. So unless Sometimes I draw attention much. to it, yeah, yeah. You I said think... Iris is sick because she absorbed it into her body? Is that what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> so fish is still in the freezer. You're growing a new fish. Is that the update? That's the update. Long live the fish. Long live the fish. Since we're uh, not doing the show anymore. (laughs) Don't remember saying that. I just wanted to let you know, I I just bought a siphoning kit off of Amazon. Mm. Wait, why? For the tank? How else am I going to get the fucking water out of this tank, Ian? Oh, it's easy. It's so you get a bucket and then you get like a hose pipe and then you suck. And then that creates... That's a siphon. Yeah, you're, you're describing a siphon. Yeah, but you just got a, you've got a hose pipe, haven't you? You want me to go get a 10-foot hose and suck, and suck on that thing hard enough yeah. to pull out some water? you got to make sure that you no. get a good gulp of it first. I'm uncomfortable where, no. with, where this conversation is going, so I'm going to change the, the, the topic here. Uh, the, uh, the problem isn't the, the uh, siphoning. The problem is, did you say hose pipe? Yeah, what do you call it? What is a hose pipe? So, you know when you've got your sprayer that you water the garden with yes a garden hose yeah oh, okay okay so you've got the hose which is the thing uh-huh. on the front the nozzle yeah. and then you have the pipe and that's the the hose pipe no that that's the hose no it's good the, hose the pipe sprayer is, is the nozzle yeah there is no pipe uh, what, a pipe is metal it? a pipe no, no, no. pipe is <laughs> pipe is pipe what what do you call the rubber bit what do the you call hose. that? The garden that's hose. Not a hose. <laughs> no, that's not a hose, is it? That's a pipe. Since Good. we're not doing the show anymore, <laughs> I'm on Amazon right now, and they've just marketed to me a mini personal electric skillet and rapid noodle maker. Mm. And it's a teeny, 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 tiny little thing that I can put my little ramen noodles in, Aww. and it cooks it for me. Yeah. Danae, it takes three minutes to make ramen. How much quicker teeny, do you need it to be? Yeah, I kind of love that. What is that called? <clears throat> Nostalgia, my mini personal electric skillet and rapid noodle maker, perfect for healthy keto and low carb diet. Yellow. That was oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, we call that a hose over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to do the show, but I haven't used my voice all day, so I'm gonna sound very different. <laughs> Hopefully, <clears throat> my voice will come back. Me, 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 me. You, 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 you. 